Welcome to the Compass Christmas podcast series. In each of these short episodes, you'll find an invitation to pause in the midst of this busy season and cultivate joy. In this fourth episode, we hear from Corey Webble, who shares his reflections on Mary's Magnificat for a Modern World. One of the joys of Christmas is the anticipation. For many, it's a time of looking forward, knowing that exciting things are going to be happening. Some things I look forward to are driving around to look at Christmas lights, playing in the snow with my kids, having Alexa play our favorite Pentatonics Christmas album while we bake Christmas cookies, a real fire in the fireplace, Christmas Eve service. When I read the Christmas story in the Bible, One thing that stands out to me is that on the first Christmas, God's people were also looking forward to something, and they had been waiting a long time. You hear it well in the Magnificat of Mary, a song recorded in the Gospel of Luke. It's Mary's response to being told that the baby in her womb was the Messiah, the long-promised Savior for the people of Israel. My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for He has been mindful of the humble state of His servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is His name. His mercy extends to those who fear Him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with His arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but He has sent the rich away empty. What I hear in this song is the longing, the hope for an end to the oppression of Mary's people, the desire for mercy, for the fulfillment of a promise going back thousands of years. This is the cry of a people who had been subject to the whims of rulers on thrones, robbed by those with the power to take what they want. There was no authority to turn to for justice, no courts that would hear their case. They just suffered, generation after generation. And for generations they had waited for deliverance from their oppression not with the anticipation of a child eager for Christmas morning, but with a desperation born from centuries of collective intergenerational trauma. Their world was broken, and Mary articulates their longing for the Messiah as the one who would fix it, who would reign with righteousness and justice. I don't know about you, but the world feels broken to me. I look around and I see division, deceit, abuses of power, exploitation, violence in some cases. These have been a part of our world for a long time, but some things feel like they're getting worse. Things like loneliness, fear of commitment, loss of trust, anxiety, suspicion, despair. Many people seem too busy and stressed to even step back and look around, or perhaps they fear that if they did, they might just give up altogether. So how does Christmas speak into a world that's so clearly broken? Mary's hope was in her creator, the source of all life, the being who spoke the world into existence, who is now taking a residence in her very body. And the circumstances are important. Not only did God put himself in the frail body of a human infant, he chose poor parents from a nowhere village, soon to be refugees whose best option for a birthing location was a cave meant for keeping animals. He chose to come not surrounded by the kind of power and wealth 
that typically is associated with important people, but wrapped in dirty rags lying in a feeding trough. In Jesus, God chose to identify with and participate in the low status and suffering of a marginalized people. For the hurting, this is a message of solidarity. I have not abandoned you. You are not alone in your suffering. I'm going to be with you through your pain. I'm going to experience it with you. For the proud, this message is a reality check. Your accomplishments and your status, your accumulated wealth, the esteem of your neighbors, these things won't save you. They actually might be the thing that's killing you. And the reality is, I believe, that we are all both of these in different proportions. We are all hurting, some more than others, and we are all proud, some more than others. At the end of the day, we are all broken in the same ways that the world is. The thing that's wrong out there is the same thing that's wrong in us, and it's the same wrong that's been done to us. The Bible calls this wrong thing sin. It's a corruption, a contamination, a virus. Of course, that's the easy thing to believe. With the coming of Jesus at Christmas, we have the opportunity to believe something much more difficult, that things can be different. It's a lot to ask, especially for the cynics that we often are. But Jesus grew up to prove he was the Prince of Peace, not peace, the absence of tension, but peace, the presence of wholeness and justice. He began to heal people of their physical pain and spiritual trauma, He transformed people from swindlers into benefactors, from outcasts into sons and daughters, from isolated individuals into healthy communities. He proclaimed the day of the Lord's favor, a reference to the Jubilee. This was the day when, according to Jewish law, deaths were forgiven, slaves liberated, and people returned to the land of their ancestors. Then he allowed himself to be killed by agents of the state in the most humiliating and shameful way. He was mocked. He was abandoned by many, and he willingly submitted to it. As his friend and disciple Peter later wrote, When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds we have been healed. Jesus didn't merely die. He walked out of his tomb, which tells us that sin and death and hate don't have the last word. Love does. Through his death and resurrection, Jesus did something for us that we could never do for ourselves. The new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. All of this is from God, who has reconciled us to himself through Christ. This is the promise and joy of Christmas. And more than anything, I pray that this is the thing we are all looking forward to this season.